Opening up the mailbag on this live edition of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, the NFL family lost another one. Sadly, gone too soon, the tragic passing of Tony Siragusa. Rumors of Baker Mayfield to the Seattle Seahawks. What's that mean for other quarterback movement in the NFL as teams prepare for the 2022 season? And what rookies, quarterbacks might surprise in 2022? All that and more coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you. I, my camera just turned off. For- <laughs> As I say, I saw you a minute ago. I'll fix that in one second at the Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And uh, shout out to those of you jumping on live with us here. Morning on the West Coast. Noontime, lunchtime maybe for you folks over on the East Coast talking NFL football. Free, Feel free to get into the chat and drop some questions. Say hi. And we'll get into whatever you want to get into in the NFL, but some bad news again. And the Ravens family lost another one. Uh, Tony Siragusa, young at the age of 55, passes away. And uh, a really remarkable video I saw, Matt, yesterday of him talking about his own mortality. And uh, his dad passed away at a young age. Mm-hmm. And him almost you know, coming to the realization of knowing that that's how it was going to be for him. And it turned out to be the case, just extremely sad. And it's Tony Siragusa, obviously a really good player, you know, big body defensive tackle in the NFL for a long time, was on some really good football teams, really good defenses. And then was a, um, you know, his personality as a broadcaster was fantastic as well in his post career, his post football career. So, uh, yeah, just back to back days, we've got news of, you know, NFL, one former player, one current player passing away. And uh, it's not the type of news we want to cover here on Peacock and Williamson, Matt. No, not at all. Not fun. Um, like you said, big human being, big personality. You know, I mean, a very memorable, you know, outlook on the game. And I'm sure he's a lot of fun to be around. Um, my thoughts on Saragusa are, you know, I, I was at Pitt for three years on that staff. You know, obviously not when he played at Pitt, but a lot of the old school Pitt guys would bring him up, you know, unprovoked of, Boy, was he a blast to be around. What a great teammate, that type of thing. So I had some pit connections with him, and they were all raving. Like, I I wanted to hang with him, you know. And then his Ravens days, kind of as you mentioned, man, I I wonder if Ray Lewis has has issued a statement or anything since Saragusa's passing because they would take two nose tackle types and just plug them over guards and they would eat up the whole line of scrimmage, and Ray would run and hit. And Saragusa was as good at it as anyone, Sam Adams, guys like that. You know, the well over 300-pound wide-body guys, two of them on the field together. Your job is to keep Ray clean, and they did it great. Uh, actually, Ray Lewis did have a comment did on he? the passing of, of Saragusa, not so much the football side of things, but he did say this is a tough one. I love Goose like a brother. Uh, from the first day we met, I knew that life was different. I knew he was someone who would change my life forever. He was one of a kind person who made you feel important and special. You can never replace a man like that. Um, yeah, and it's you know he went on. There's a longer statement about it, but you know they, they, he was talking about celebrating that 2000 team and that defense you're talking about. And yeah, man, how much you know how much better was 
uh, not only Ray Lewis's off-field life, as he talked about in his statement, but on-field life, having you know <laughs> that many blockers eaten up in front of him, and and those types of players like Tony Siragusa, and sometimes you know in, you know offensive linemen, a lot of times interior offensive linemen, but especially those no tat nose tackles, they right. don't get the credit they deserve for allowing those guys behind them to be clean and be pretty and win all the accolades. Yeah, that's not an easy lifestyle play after play, taking on double teams, guys just trying to put you on your back and embarrass you and doing the dirty work. And Ray Lewis would have been a great linebacker if you and I were his defensive lineman, I'm sure. But, but you know, certainly the play of guys like Saragusa, and again, I thought he was the best of the group, really made Lewis's life a lot easier. And that was the scheme, you know, do your job. Eat, eat up a lot and let Ray make all the plays. Absolutely. 55 years old, and uh, yeah, another sad story around the NFL with Tony yeah, Syracuse's. Let's, let's be done with those for a while. You know? <laughs> let's not talk about any deaths for a long time, please. Absolutely. That would be, that would be fantastic. Um, I, I see a couple people trickling in here to the live stream, and uh, we see you. We appreciate you. Come on in. Say hi in the chat. If you have any questions, jump in. We do have some Twitter questions here on uh, what used to be Twitter Tuesdays, but since Matt was on vacation, we thought we'd do a little live Twitter Thursday. Yeah, it's been a while. We've got some good questions, too. Did you see the note from Josina Anderson yesterday? She said, quote, I'm told Seahawks still have a high level of interest in acquiring quarterback Baker Mayfield and behind the scenes Hmm. are open to contractually extending him per league sources. I also know that the process of collecting information and insights into Mayfield is still ongoing. So. Uh, very wow. interesting. We might see some quarterback movement here in the summertime, which is odd timing for this type of a deal for potential starting quarterbacks. There's a couple of them out there. Baker Mayfield being a big one. And especially now with the the Browns, it really feels like they need to make a move to make sure they have another quarterback. And it's not just Jacoby Brissett by himself in that quarterback room. I always thought since the dust settled, you know, a couple months ago with the, the, the major musical chairs, a quarterback that Mayfield to Seattle, Jimmy to Carolina made the most sense in terms of the, the styles of franchises they'd be going for the, the team around them. Obviously Jimmy to Seattle made no sense at all with the rivalry and in division. So this is actually kind of good news for your uh, trickle down. Good news for your Niners. Maybe it might open two doors all of a sudden Cleveland, Carolina. I just think Mayfield and Pete Carroll and the toughness of that organization and the underdog mentality Mayfield brings would be a good match. And I'm hard on Mayfield, but I I have to say this every time I bring him up, just judging him off last year's tape just isn't fair. I mean, that guy had so many injuries and he has his warts. Don't get me wrong, but he's an NFL starting quarterback and he's a heck of a lot better than what they have. Oh yeah. And it's a It's amazing how quickly in such a small sample Baker Mayfield's star has fallen too, because 12 months ago, too harsh. There would have been no thoughts in getting rid of Baker Mayfield. This was the franchise quarterback. We're talking about how many millions of dollars he was going to make in his next contract with the Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And you know, the playoff games i mean that's not something you talked about with the cleveland browns so uh, it's pretty amazing and it, it was really weird this whole off season to have so little interest in in baker mayfield ending up somewhere so stories like this make a little bit more sense and clearly the baker mayfield to seattle thing was the the, the best match of all of these and you know geno smith we had corbin smith here of locked on seahawks on the show last or two weeks ago now and he talked about Geno Smith looking like QB1. It's like, okay, well, Seattle, if you really believe you still are 
in the mix. You, you know, maybe Geno Smith, it, it turns out to be really good for you this year, but th- that can't be your best option. And Drew Locke, we are, we kind of have an idea what Drew Locke is too. And if he's getting beat out by Geno Smith, I don't know. Um, there, there was some pushback in the, uh, in the comments section after that episode. Some people said that Drew Locke is, is still the dude and they love him, but yeah, I'm not so sure about that. I think Baker Mayfield in Seattle makes a ton of sense if they really do think they, they can compete right now. Yeah. And I respect that. Seattle loved Locke coming out of school. They want to get their hands on him. Cool. I just need a better plan than that. You know what I mean? We know what Gino is. He's a backup and a good one. But, you know, I need a better plan than we're going to revitalize his career because I've seen a lot of NFL tape of Locke, and he needs a lot of revitalization to get him back to anything close to being a prospect. Yes, absolutely. And uh, this, yeah, this, that movement then might open the door for Jimmy Garoppolo, as you mentioned. Yeah. Does he end up in Cleveland? Does he end up in Carolina? There was a report that the the Browns didn't want to take Sam Darnold back in a deal. So clearly there had been some conversations behind the scenes about Baker Mayfield from Carolina, from Seattle. If Seattle ends up making the move, then maybe Carolina feels forced. Okay, now we can focus in on say Jimmy Garoppolo and who knows if it'll be a, you know, a trade and then they restructure his contract because nobody's going to pay Jimmy G $25 million right now at this point in the off season, especially when you're already paying $18 million mm-hmm. to, um, to Sam Darnold, but maybe Darnold goes the other way. Some money changes hands. Maybe Jimmy just has to be released and then 49ers feel comfortable releasing Jimmy after he's uh, past the physical and, knowing that the Seattle Seahawks aren't going to go pick him up and then he can go find a home somewhere else. So it seems yeah, like that domino of Baker Mayfield, if he did go to Seattle, it makes a ton of sense for both Seattle and would really sort of line up everything else to happen this offseason. Everybody would have a home. Everyone would have an opportunity to compete to be a, a starting quarterback in the NFL as they should going into 2022. Uh, last little nuggets on that. I think people know that I am not a believer in tanking. You know, I am a big culture guy. A lot of that's my Steeler roots. Don't get me wrong. But Seattle, to me, if you go throw out Geno Smith or Locke in, in week one, I don't want to say you've ruined the culture you've created, but you really, you know, tarnish it to some degree. All, all this winning we've built, and then you go to the, the veterans on the team, and that, that's why you got to look at it. Like I was talking about around here, Mike Tomlin can't walk up to Cam Hayward and be like, yeah, we're going to start Geno Smith for the year and win two games. Like, that doesn't fly, you know? <laughs> right, and DK Metcalf, who wants to sign a new contract at some point, right, right. he plays out the year, and he's like, what, are you guys not even going to compete now? So, no, see you later. Right. I'm not going to go through a, another rookie who's going to try to develop or, you know, whatever bad plans you have. I'm going to – I want out, you know? So, um, it's yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense there. It'd be just kind of treading water. So, go compete or trade for more assets and compete later. That's the way I look at it. And it doesn't even have to be a tank and just – do what's right for your franchise's future. Um, one other note about this quarterback carousel, and I'm sure we'll get into questions and stuff too, but if you knew what, if you're the Browns and you know Watson's out for the year, you know, that comes down, it's official. Might you be a little more apt to take on Darnold? I know Darnold's not attractive. Don't get me wrong. But if you know Mayfield's not going to be in the mix and you know Watson's out for the year, I might, you know, sacrifice a few million in cap space. And they do have cap space this year to have a Darnold Brissett combat, you know, battle as opposed to not having Darnold. That would make perfect sense. Um, Yeah. And they're going to have to eat a lot of it's the those quarterback contracts are are what really screws things up because they're both expensive. Probably going to have to pay a lot of the the Baker Mayfield contract. The Browns would be. 
then I think they have to pay a lot of both their contracts. Right. So <laughs> you know, like Marvel, you pay for everything and we'll swap really, you. Because whatever, if you're the Browns, you're like, look, same contracts for these two quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield's better. So right, we'll give you the better guy for the worst guy. We we're not gonna we're not gonna take on more money than we are already gonna pay. Mm-hmm. So whatever we don't pay, like if if we end up eating 15 of his 18 million dollars well we're certain you certainly better eat 15 of the 18 million on dan sam donald yeah you're probably right so that might be uh sort of the thought process which makes it very difficult in both of those player movements i still think the best one for everybody is the 49ers having a veteran backup and taking on maybe half of donald's salary and they clear yeah yeah a, a lot of the jimmy g salary so they would gain salary they would get a veteran backup in Sam Darnold, maybe rehab his image as a backup to Trey Lance, but then have a backup plan still. I'm not totally sold on Sudfeld for the 49ers. So mm-hmm. that's that's probably the thing that makes the most sense for me. But I don't know if it's more valuable for the 49ers just to cut Jimmy and you know cut all $25 million off. That makes a lot of sense to me the more I think about it. I'd love to see the Baker to Seattle domino fall just so we can get one thing out of the equation. And again, I think Jimmy to Carolina makes perfect sense. And, and maybe, maybe that forces yeah. both the Browns or the Panthers to do something because then they'll know, okay, two teams, and maybe they might both want this one quarterback who's the last starting quarterback left as a one-year yeah. stopgap. And one maybe, domino has to fall, and I hope it happens soon. Yeah. And it looks like it might be Baker Mayfield, according to Josina Anderson. So we'll That'd see. Be good. How I, I like that fit. That goes. Absolutely. All right. We'll get into the chat, into the Twitter questions on this Thursday mailbag edition of Peacock and Williamson. But I want to let the folks out there know about Blue Nile. Blue Nile is an online jeweler that will find the exact piece you are looking for, for that special someone in your life, create it for you and ship it in a package that will uh, will not will not spoil to uh, to people who see that box on your doorstep what's inside a blue nile you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler whether you're ready to pop the question celebrating a milestone moment you can find that perfect something for someone find jewelry at blue nile not just wedding rings and engagement rings but diamond jewelry cocktail rings gemstones necklaces etc and on hand 24 7 jewelry experts available to help you find the perfect memorable gift at every budget so make your moment sparkle with jewelry from bluenile.com and locked on listeners will get 50 dollars off purchases of 500 or more this podcast exclusive includes engagement so use code locked on that is promo code locked on plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever peace go to bluenile.com today bp oh. now that we're live on the show i got a little bit of breaking news oh okay it just happened it's not real nfl related but it's an nfl family arch manning just committed to texas over bama and georgia i guess he's like the number one recruit in the country yeah not surprising you know arch as, manning as bloodline yeah named after his grandfather archie he's the son yeah, of yeah. uh cooper manning he's cooper's son right okay yeah yeah and sure. cooper was the wide receiver of the family Mm-hmm. And didn't play quarterback, but his son is playing quarterback. And you can imagine a Manning uh, that was um, a, a quarterback being a highly recruited player. And you said, where did he sign to Texas? Go? 
Texas. Okay. Yes. I guess that was a long shot with the headlines I'm reading, but I'll take my chances on Arch Manning. Longhorns were the long shot. Interesting. Okay. Arch Manning going to the University of Texas. And I'm sure we'll be talking about him in about three years on this podcast about where he's going to go in a future NFL draft if he is indeed uh, a chip off the old Manning block. As a yeah, court. yeah. Probably some good tutelage. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe he's just sick of it. Like, <laughs> uncle, leave me alone. Grandfather, leave me alone. Other uncle, leave me alone. I know you guys are great quarterbacks, but I can do this. Just get out of my face. <laughs> And from what I understand, he's got a little bit of art, uh, a little bit of athleticism. Yeah, dad's more, more athletic than the brothers, right? Yeah, more athleticism, kind of like dad and, and grandpa, and grandpa than, yeah. than his uncles. I, my son has watched him quite a bit, you know, just clips of him and stuff, and said, "Yeah, he's not a pocket passer, Eli Payton type." Very interesting. There, we yeah, got a yeah. question here in the chat from Vieta. He says. Matt, do teams generally scout each other's training camps for cut candidates for their own teams, or does that really start during the preseason? Mm, that's a good question because people probably don't realize this, that one, the, really the only two times that college scouts, first of all, a, a scouting department, I'm, I'm talking in generalizations here, has two wings, has pro and college. And the college guys are the ones people think about that are on the road all the time. They go into LSU and Texas and blah, blah, blah. Well, there's basically two times that those college guys come to home base. You know, they come to the facility. One is draft prep. You know, you, you, you read your reports, your war room, all that stuff, as you would expect. The other time, though, is training camp because they want as many eyes. Like, for example, my year with the Browns, my training camp duties, I was a new guy, so I had an easy position, to be honest with you, was, Matt, I want you to self-scout our tight ends, you know, and I don't know, our East Coast scout got the guards or whatever. You know, they just gave assignments, so we weren't just kind of wandering around camp going, this is fun. You know, we had a job to do. We wrote up a position for our team. But more importantly, the head of college or pro scouting, and this is a correlation with the GM, the head coach, and all the front office people are saying, okay, we have these 90-whatever guys in camp, but we're really light to tackle, and I don't like what's out there on the market. You know, let's build lists, especially if you're a bad team like my Browns were. That, you know, guys that other teams are going to cut are better than the guys we're going to keep. So the reason, you know, so a big thing that those college scouts will do as well as your pro guys is they go to all the preseason games, but you don't like, I went to a Panthers game and if I went to a Panthers game now, it's not to watch Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it's to watch, here's a dozen names they gave you in the end, probably half of them make the team half don't write up all of them. So to answer your question, yeah, it really starts more in the preseason. I mean, I don't think people are sitting in the stands at camp. And really, there's not a long stretch from the day camp opens to the first preseason game either. Most places are closed. Like if you wanted to scout the Steelers, you could sit on St. Vincent's um, hillside there like any other fan and, and, and sit there for free. But most are, are closed, and I'm sure there is a Ravens guy sitting on the hillside or whatever, but there's not that much to gain from that. It really starts with the preseason. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey there, Matt, and there is a, a question here about Christian McCaffrey hmm. from our uh, our friend Josh, who was the Jerry Rice of question askers. 
Uh, he says, what are your expectations for Christian McCaffrey this year? Will the Panthers run him for all he's worth while he's healthy to try to save Rule's job, or will they manage him to keep him going for a couple more years? I think they run him into the ground. Well, let, let's say this. I bet he doesn't touch the football or dress in the preseason. I bet he's very limited with his practices. I had read that even in the regular season that they have come up with a a plan that he practices less, which he wants to practice as much as possible. He's one of those guys you have to hide his helmet from him type of thing. So I do think they have some big picture in mind. I also think Dante Foreman's a pretty good back and a compliment that has been needed there that maybe he does the third and ones and some of the grind it out or an extra series that Foreman wouldn't have got in the past. But I basically think that saving running backs for the future is not wise anyways. Use them up. You're paying them. You're trying to win games. You're trying to save your job. I mean, if that offense has Jimmy Garoppolo by chance, throw into DJ Moore and McCaffrey, a much improved O-line, I think that's a pretty respectable offense. Yeah, and, and when when games go live and you can have a plan, but when he's your right. best player and you're trying to win a football game, you're going to use him as much as you think you can. And yeah, uh, and maybe at the beginning of the games, you can take a little bit of a load off. But if you need to use a guy, you're going to use a guy. And I think that's the way it's going to go with Christian McCaffrey. And uh, I fully envision Christian McCaffrey at some point not seeing the end of his contract just because it's such a big contract. And he'll, you know, go sign with a contender at, at, a, at a lesser dollar amount or something it just yeah. feels like that's the way it has to go so you kind of hopefully not it doesn't go to the degree of todd Gurley, right who just like all of a sudden is like wow this guy's career just ended out of nowhere um Gurley but, came in the league with a, a chronic knee though too yes, people yeah. knew that you know i mean no one thought he was going to last long which, yeah the Rams should never give him that contract that's a terrible no deal, right? and he shouldn't got drafted that high the talent level was there but you know first of all being a running back that was hurt it was one of those right. where it was like man he might fall out of the first round we don't know where he's gonna go and he still ended up going top 10 just because he's so talented mm -hmm. team took a shot on him and yeah that was a really short career so um and McCaffrey's so good out of the backfield he can have a career as just a third down back for a while if he wanted to yeah um kind of an underreported story that I think is I think is true I can't verify it I wasn't on the conversation but I guess the Bills did call the Panthers and were interested in trading for McCaffrey. Then they signed McKissick and he backed out. Then they trade. Then they signed or drafted Cook. So they were in the market for that type of back. That adds up to me. Imagine the Bills offense with McCaffrey. Yeah, um, you know, Saquon Barkley, too, because yeah. there, there were stories that the, he was being dangled for trade. And I wonder if they thought, oh, we're going to get a second round pick for him. If teams were like, we'll give you a sixth. Yeah, we'll give you a fifth. Oh, wait, never mind. We won't trade. Contract, right. Yeah. I think that's true, too. Um, again, Williamson always brings us back to the Steelers. Your point about game day, I used to be so critical of Tomlin with his use of Lev Bell. You know, like, you're just going to run this guy in the ground. He's getting too many touches. You know, same true with Najee Harris. That's not how coaches think, though. You know, when it's the third quarter in Cincinnati and there's a light rain and you have a three-point lead, you're not caring about saving your back for the next week or late in the year <laughs> yeah. or the playoffs or the extent of his career, especially when that back, as is the case in Carolina, is your best receiving back. He's your best running back. He's your best pass protector. He's your best short yardage guy. Use your best guy. Yep. Use your best guy and maybe give him some practices off instead. Exactly. All right, you brought up Jimmy G there. Uh, we talked about him a little bit at the open, talking about quarterback movement. We have a question there about Jimmy and if he could stay maybe to the trade deadline and it's not a summer move for Jimmy G. 
Uh, and more, that one. What's that? Yeah, I, I might feel yeah. that. One. I've got some thoughts on it, but it's, I always like to hear how you feel about the 49ers stuff as well. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, am I too close to the fire? And then <laughs> I know the feelings upcoming as well. But I want to let the folks know first about our friends at Rock Auto, which is just a fantastic company to do business with that will ship things to you quickly, that will get you the auto parts you need for reliably low prices and rock auto is a family business that that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and they've been serving me for and i'm not a car guy either but uh, you know wiper blades um motor oil uh what else did i you know jumper cables things like that but then just recently had a problem with my car and the fender flare came flying off on the freeway when i hit a traffic cone i was moving my family to our new home making our very last trip in the car and so i was like well look i know how to Fix this. I'm not going to spend $500 on this to go to the, the dealership. I'm going to go to rockauto.com. And guess what? They had my exact part for my exact car. It was much easier after watching a five-minute YouTube video on how to replace that. There was rivets that came with the part. I just popped it all in. Super easy. And I felt like I was like, man, maybe I am a car guy. If it's going to be <laughs> this easy, go into rockauto.com. Uh, yes, their prices are reliably low for every customer, a professional or a do-it-yourself or alike. So why spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go to rockauto.com. And when you go to rockauto.com, make sure you let them know that we sent you, right? Locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that you heard about Rock Auto from the Locked On Podcast Network and the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, and I guarantee you they have exactly what you're looking for, an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And then you know what you do when you get your car all fixed up? You put a box of Built Bars in the glove <laughs> box so you're not stopping at that drive through so you're not ruining your diet anytime you get hungry while you're maybe commuting to work or you're on a long summer road trip on a vacation with the family. Uh, Built Bars are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The combination of high protein, low sugar, low calorie is exactly what you are looking for in a snack. And new flavors coming in at Built.com all the time like coconut, brownie, chunk, puff. That's a long name. Coconut, brownie, chunk, puff. You got coconut, you got brownie, you got chunks of it in the puff bar. So, um, yeah, Built Bar is always coming up with these flavors that I don't know how they taste so good with the low calorie, low sugar combination, but somehow they do it. Deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with chunks of coconut brownie inside. That is what the coconut brownie chunk puff is all about. Tons of other flavors of Built Bars. If you don't want to do the coconut thing, I usually don't do the coconut thing, but trust me, just the regular old peanut butter, if they've got that bar in stock, is my favorite. Tons of great classic flavors, uh, new puff flavors, new seasonal flavors coming all the time at Built.com. Again, low sugar, low calorie, high protein, all delicious, and most Built Bars covered in real legitimate 100% chocolate so you really feel like you are getting a treat even though it's on the healthier side of things so go to built.com use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order again that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com okay matt john asked the question in the chat here what are the chances that jimmy g stays in sf and plays in an attempt to show other teams he's healthy and can still win games and then is traded by say week five, um, I, the 49ers have, and I, I think this is a ploy to let teams know we're not going to, 
we're not going to cut him. You got to give us, give us a little something. You got to mm-hmm. try to trade for him. I think that's been the 49ers ploy all along in this. And, you know, apparently they, they had some talks and almost had him traded until he had to have that arm surgery. So maybe if he's cleared to throw and he starts throwing before training camp, they are able to trade him, but they've acted like, well, we love Jimmy. You can win with him. He's too good. He's one of 32 starters. That's valuable. So we're not going to come up for nothing. And so they've acted like they're going to take him to training camp. I still have my doubts that they will take him to training camp because they have talked all along this offseason about Trey Lance as being the guy. And it's Trey Lance's time. I don't think it's really a great situation to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo into camp and let him start throwing and actually competing with Trey Lance. I I think it's just got to be Trey Lance's job. You don't want Trey Lance looking over his shoulder. You don't want a $25 million backup if – Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't win the job. It's going to be harder to trade him before the trade deadline. And the 49ers clearly want Trey Lance to win the job. And it's probably a bad sign if Trey Lance can't win the job over Jimmy Garoppolo. So for all those reasons, I don't think it's smart. And I don't think the 49ers will bring Jimmy Garoppolo to camp. So they'll try to work out a trade. If they can't, they'll probably release him once he's cleared and they don't have to worry about that injury uh, guarantee. And they can get the full $25 million off the books and roll that over to 2023. That's, that's why I think it'll go. So I'd be very surprised unless there's a Lance injury. And the 49ers think, okay, well, we want to compete. We got to bring Jimmy G back because Lance is hurt now and we can't start the season. Then maybe, but that would be a kind of a long shot scenario and would take some other circumstances for the 49ers to do that. And then maybe you're trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo before the deadline. But, you know, how many teams, like, if you're a team and you need a starting quarterback in week five, you're kind of, your situation's kind of screwed. And how long does it take for it? Jimmy G to learn that offense and even be as good as he would have been if he started there in camp. So if a team needs a starting quarterback, they should probably go find that guy right now. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I don't think he goes to camp. I don't think he's a distraction or a Baker Mayfield situation or Watson last year in camp. Um, But I do think there's a little bit of a game of chicken going on that Carolina knows these things. Seattle knows these things as well. So why jump on it quite yet? But we would have loved to have him for mini camp. We absolutely need him for training camp if he's going to be our starter. You don't throw him in in week five and say best of luck. I mean, that usually does not work. Uh, although Jimmy did it well when he went from New England to San Francisco. I mean, that, that was an interesting move. Um, last note, though, and I, I, that's, I, it's the first I've given thought of Darnold going back to the Niners. I would be okay with that. But I really think your Niners need Tyler Huntley. You know, the uh, an athletic, same style, Trey Lance light that's cheap, young, try, you know, no threat whatsoever, not Cam Newton. I don't need big personalities. You know, I, I want every word coming out of Niners camp to be, this is Trey Lance's team. What are you talking about? Of course it's Trey Lance's team. You know, he's a guy. He's a special player. And Jimmy had already won the locker room, so I don't think you right, want the right. guy who owns the locker room to still be there. It's just the he's got to go. Yeah, it's not so much that, and they're both pros, and I think they're both good dudes, and they could both handle it. Sure, but you just don't want your young quarterback looking over his shoulder. I just, I just don't think it's a great situation there, um, especially for a guy that has a ton of respect in the locker room and, and all the the players love him. But it's really weird. The 49ers haven't put together that sort of quarterback room behind Trey Lance. They've got. They gave Nate Sudfeld a couple million yeah. guaranteed to make it really seem like he's truly going to be the backup this year. The Shanahan um, just love him before his mind. Yeah, that was I one guess, of those guys. Yeah. Well, he was the Shanahan but, loves people too much sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely gets his guys. He, yeah, he, yeah. He knows that. And, and there will be guys that go in the doghouse as well. He'll love a guy, they'll trade up for him. And then two years later, mm-hmm. he doesn't like him anymore. Or sign McKinnon like or, you know, yeah, weird like things a, like that. He's like a, a, a teenager's 
dating profile a, a lot of times. <laughs> the way he treats players sometimes. Um, My boy Ayuk end up in the dog dog yeah, like, wow, exactly. yeah. to Pittsburgh. You know, uh, they traded up for Dante Pettis, and then he just right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and then they 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 drafted Brock Purdy in the seventh round, who's definitely not, nothing like Trey Lance. So it's interesting right, right. that they're not trying to put together that uh, a more that of a backup yeah. for for Trey Lance. Let's see here. Um, Phantom193 wants to know, he says, I've always wondered when players get cut and signed by another team, is there some sort of clause saying they can't discuss the inner workings of the previous team, like scheme and trick plays, et cetera? Staying with the 49ers and and the, the Seahawks, we talked about the 49ers, probably the biggest reason they don't want to cut Jimmy G is so he doesn't go sign with the Seahawks. The Seahawks love doing that. The Seahawks sign a 49ers player every year. Someone hmm. who gets cut from camp, Bring him to the bring him to the practice squad. Someone who was on the team and a free agent, they sign him almost every single year. The Seahawks bring in a 49ers player, it seems like. And you know they're trying to get all the information they can out of him. So I don't think there is any. I think this is just that's just one of the things in the NFL where it, it's on the player. If the player wants to talk about it, he can. Uh, if the player knows enough, then he can. 100 percent You know, there's get information any way you possibly can. You mentioned Seattle. I immediately thought of Belichick and the Patriots. I mean, there's been many times in Belichick's career where, oh, we're playing the Vikings this week and they just cut a guy. I don't care what position he plays. Pick <laughs> him up. You know what I mean? And you're paying him now. I mean, I expect you to tell me things. And you may or may not know what I would need to know, but you may have some inklings or, boy, this my position coach, Loved calling this play in this instant. And, oh, you guys didn't catch that? Okay. So there's one more tendency we learned for this game. There's value in that. And that kind of stuff happens all the time. And I got no problem with it. Yep. Absolutely. All right. We got a couple more here. We can finish this up. Uh, Josh says, is Kirk Cousins on Twitter, by the way, at Joshua Redding. We appreciate you. He says, is Kirk Cousins the new Andy Dalton? I.e., he's the new mid-tier quarterback where if your guy is better then you keep him. If he is worse, then you look for an upgrade. Sort of the Mendoza line of quarterbacks. Uh, I would say Kirk Cousins is is a higher level than where Andy Dalton was, but it's possible that Kirk yeah. Cousins could become that if he starts to move around teams a little bit. Okay, this is a little bit longer than I planned on talking about, but I always had a problem with the Dalton line. I thought the Dalton line at that time was too low, you know, because I'm not a Dalton believer. So... I think Cousins now is a lot better than Dalton then. And I think this is a really good comparison because, first of all, I think the line needs to be higher, and it should be higher now because of all these Josh Allens and Wonder Kids and Herberts and immense talents that are in the league. And I'm going to steal this from the Athletics podcast um, with Robert Mays host. They came up with the term the car continuum. If you're car or better, I'm happy. If your car or lower, that's my line. And really, to me, cars like the 10th or 11th best quarterback in the league. So, you know, the trade lances don't count. The fields don't count. They're incomplete grades. But Cousins is just a bit under it. Cousins, to me, is maybe the most borderline case to discuss. Or Tannehill maybe might be that other one. I think there was a point where Dalton was thought of, thought of closer to where Cousins is now. There was when but, he had AJ Green and who's right. you know, when he had great guys around him, and maybe that's where Cousins might end up later. But he's not there right now, so mm-hmm. I would say that. But yeah, I think Cousins is is a pretty you know I think there there's that tier. There's the do you have a difference making quarterback tier? Then let's maybe see if we can get that guy. Um, mm-hmm. But 
you know you can't win games still with Carr and Jimmy G and, and Cousins and those guys that might be in the third tier-ish. I think you have Carr in a tier higher than I have Carr. I think Carr's he's the, either the very best of that one or the very worst of the other one. That's why I he's the to, line. I tend to think Carr is the very best of that tier, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, And you want to get in that other tier. But there's 10 humans on the planet that are in those two tiers, those top right, three, right? right. So it's not that easy to do either. So, you, you know, um, and there's 10 teams hoping that their guy turns into that top tier. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Both of our teams, you know, lower and so those type of guys, you know, but I do think once you're the Vikings and you know where you're at, you're just treading water. It's like, OK, well, let's get worse even, but let's be different because we know mm-hmm. right now we're in the middle. And the only thing that's going to do is keep us in the middle. You know, let's let's do something. That's kind of where I would be. And maybe that's not the right way to go about it. And I think I know a lot of coaches look at it differently and they're like, yeah, give me a, Give me someone who's not 32. You know, give me number. Give me yeah. quarterback 16. I'm fine with it. We can win. I just don't want quarterback 32 through 40 being my starter. Well, the other aspect of it, too, that's really important is cousins and 35 million of cap space, you know, like. I keep bringing back to the Steelers, but that's the Pickett beauty. If Pickett can be cousin, or if, if Kenny Pickett can be cousins in year two on a rookie deal, I can live with that. But though I want to give him thirty-five million if he's cousin, right. that's a much much different conversation. And then you're losing guys around him instead of building around him, and and then I'm not in. You know. Last one from the chat here. One name, Matt. The question is, do you think any of the rookie quarterbacks have a chance to have an unexpected breakout rookie year like Mac or Herbert? One quarterback. Is it no. just Pickett and that's it? Or do you not even believe Pickett will have that level of a- I think Trubisky's going to be the starter. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to start 17 games, but I think Trubisky will be the starter. Um, I think Malik Willis might have a first eight games of Lamar's rookie year showing where he's out there for 12 plays a game and they're fun ones to watch. I could see Ritter on a terrible team having a really strong, promising, Mills-like rookie year. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Bad team, maybe he's the answer type. Ritter is exactly the name I was going to bring up. Nobody's really talking about him, but I I could absolutely see him at some point getting that starting job and and being like, okay, this guy maybe is maybe maybe they have something here in Desmond Ritter because he's you know he's played a lot of football. He seems like he's close to it. So in a Mac sort of a way um mac jones sort of a way he might be more ready to play than some of the other guys um you know kenny pickett obviously has to win the starting job to be able to even be where mac jones was last year so unless unless uh trubisky gets his lung punctured by uh by the trainer before week (laughs) two or something you know maybe he won't even have that opportunity so it's it's a tough year for rookies i'm more excited to watch the year two rookie quarterbacks than the year one rookie quarterbacks that's for sure I think this applies to Corral a little, but especially to Ritter, because I know the Falcons are going to be bad, even if he's really good or whoever's really good, they're still going to be bad. I think your whole goal, if you're Ritter, and again, this brings me back to Davis Mills last year, convince my bad team not to draft a quarterback in the top five next year. Draft Will Anderson or get me a receiver or something like that, because I've shown enough. So we only won three games. Right. So unlike having a Mills or a Mac Jones this year, it's more likely to have a Davis Mills this year out of that. Right. Mills is a good conversation. No one's going to be Herbert. I mean, there's no one in this class is going to be Herbert. I, I, I right. have a hard time believing that. Yeah. All right. Fantastic stuff. Thanks, everybody, for jumping in on the live show. Thanks for all the Twitter questions as well. And thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I do want to remind everybody about the NBA mock ultimate mock draft that is going on right now and for – 
NBA draft night, your favorite team's locked on channel will be going live on YouTube. So make sure you're all subscribed up to those channels. Make sure you're also subscribed here to the locked on NFL channel, which is the home on YouTube of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. We'll try to go live once a week or so throughout the off season. And who knows, maybe even keep that into the regular season as well, because there is no off season in the NFL. So there is no off season for Peacock and Williamson. Matt and I back tomorrow to finish up the week right here. Peacock and Williamson.